Coming up on the Rami Lavi podcast, it's Championship Sunday in the NFL. We preview the games, we pick the games, we tell you how these four teams got here. These are the four best teams in the NFL, in my opinion. Is Patrick Mahomes healthy? Does Joe Burrow continue his dominance over Mahomes? Are the Eagles really this good? And can Brock Purdy be the first rookie to win an NFC Championship game? Also, the Jets hired their new OC, Nathaniel Hackett. Does that mean they're getting Rodgers? I give you my thoughts. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on the Rami Love V Podcast. Stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in another 48 hours. Plus, you can exchange unlimited text messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. So I talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything. One of the things that I learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Rami. That's my first name. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. championship Sunday in the NFL. It's almost here. I can smell it. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's good to be here. We finally made it. But the sad part is only three more football games remaining this season. It's so funny. It's what we want. It's what we wait for all year, right? We wait for the Super Bowl. We want to crown a champion of the league. That's what we're fighting for all year. And personally, I think as a pure sports fan, for a football purist, Championship Sunday is one of the best Sundays of the year. I think it rivals Wild Card Weekend, what we had this year with Wild Card Weekend. Two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, another game on Monday night. That's awesome. But Championship Sunday, with everything on the line, it feels like an event. But it's not like the Super Bowl where it's too much of an event that it takes away from the sports aspect of it. This is to go to the Super Bowl. There's a lot on the line. And we know we don't have football next week after this Sunday. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the episode. But... Championship Sunday is for the football purist. It's everything on the line. It's back-to-back games. Starts at 3 p.m. The second game's at 6.30 p.m. It feels big. It feels meaningful. And it usually is. And this year, we have the four best teams in the NFL. All that said, don't you kind of want to just close your eyes and wish you could go back to a random Sunday in October or November and just hear Scott Hansen say, seven hours of commercial-free football starts now. And then you have the... The 1 o'clock games, maybe even throwing a London game at 9 a.m. And you have the 4 o'clock games and the 425 and the Sunday night football. And it's all coming to an end. 
but all good things must come to an end. And like I said, it comes to an end in the best fashion because you have the four best teams. I don't think I welcomed you guys in yet. Welcome back to the Rami Lavi podcast. This is episode 131, and I'm so pleased that you are joining me today. I always appreciate everyone listening. Everyone who supports me and supports our great sponsors as well. Obviously, better help if you need to talk to someone. Please do. It can change your life. Um, and BetterHelp is the place to do it. Online, go to BetterHelp.com. Use my name, Rami, R-A-M-I, and you'll get 10% off your first month of online therapy. All right, let's talk about the games. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to break it all down. We're going to pick the games, obviously, coming up later in the episode. But let's start with some news that we got today. Today is Thursday as I'm recording this. Yesterday, as you're listening to this Friday, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't hack it in Denver, but he is hired as the new Jets OC, and I'm not upset about it, and it's not because I think this means Aaron Rodgers is automatically going to go to the New York Jets now. Now, we talked last episode about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. It's only heating up. The rumors are swirling. The jersey swaps are full on everywhere on Twitter, on Instagram. We're hearing the rumors come from everyone, including Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, and everyone is talking about Rodgers to the Packers. That's not why I think it's a great hire. No, did it work in Denver? Oh, no, it did not. But you're not hiring him as a head coach. This is a good hire regardless of Aaron Rodgers. This is a good hire regardless of Hackett's record in Denver. We said the Jets needed a proven OC, a veteran guy in the room. We couldn't be trying it out with someone new. And Aaron Rodgers played his best years of his career under Nathaniel Hackett. So Nathaniel Hackett can clearly coach. He can clearly be a an offensive coordinator, I should say, in the NFL. So it doesn't matter what his record was, what his situation or his status was in Denver. And by the way, it's funny, I didn't think the Jets would end up with him, but I've been defending Hackett this whole time because I said that Hackett, honestly, probably was more on Russell Wilson than it was on Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson was impossible to deal with. Hackett thought he was going there to get Aaron Rodgers, but no, he ends up with an older disinterested Russell Wilson, who's only interested in building his brand. That was an impossible situation for Nathaniel Hackett. And yeah, it didn't work out and he wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. He was not great as a head coach, but that doesn't mean it's a bad hire. It's funny because what I said on last episode about Greg Roman applies to Nathaniel Hackett and more. Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator had incredible numbers. His teams put up incredible stats as an offense with him at the offensive coordinator position, he had a great scheme for the running game, always a great running game with Greg Roman at the helm. So the same thing goes for Nathaniel Hackett and more because look, Greg Roman, no one's saying that he was a head coach who didn't hack it. He was an offensive coordinator who couldn't hack it in the NFL and hack it. And I keep saying it, it's a stupid pun, but I'm going to keep saying it because once I got it stuck in my head, I'm going to keep saying it. Hackett couldn't get it done as a head coach. But we've seen this dozens of times. How many times did Josh McDaniels fail as a head coach and then go back to New England as an offensive coordinator and do great? Now, granted, he had Tom Brady. Hackett's coming to a situation in New York where he has Zach Wilson and no one, right? It's not a great situation quarterback-wise, but you get Brees Hall back. You get Elijah Vera Tucker back. They think they're getting Mekhi Becton back. The wide receivers are there already. They're actually projected in the latest Mel Kuyper draft to get a wide receiver, another wide receiver on top of the receivers and the weapons that they have. It sounds like Corey Davis will be a cap casualty, so maybe it makes sense to draft another wide receiver. Why not load up an already loaded position, make that room even stronger? I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. There's no such thing. Like Strengthening a strength is, is a great thing, in my opinion. Obviously, you'd like to address a weakness, but I think in the draft always... 
just draft the best available position player or the best available player at whatever position. Um, That's how I feel about it. And we've said this and we've heard this a thousand times. They are going to go after a quarterback in the market. They're looking for a veteran quarterback. Now, veteran quarterback can mean Derek Carr. Veteran quarterback can mean Joe Flacco. He's technically a veteran quarterback. But everyone thinks this means they're going for Aaron Rodgers. And then I'm not saying that they're not going for Aaron Rodgers. I think, like I said on last episode, I think they can be going for Aaron Rodgers. I think that the whole June thing is not going to stop them. I think they'll figure out a way to restructure the contract with Aaron Rodgers before that so that they can trade him before June. I think the Jets will figure out a kind of hush-hush kind of agreement with the Packers if they need to to trade Aaron Rodgers before June as well. So there are a number of workarounds there. Like I said, I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares or wants a workaround. Aaron Rodgers would love to be the center of attention in the media darling or whatever that is that he is for the next seven months until June, six months, five months now, until he can get traded. Uh, He wouldn't mind that, but I still think the Jets, if they do get Aaron Rodgers, it'll happen sooner rather than later. But regardless, the Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett is a good hire. You got another adult in the room. And I think in my opinion, this was kind of the Jets' third option. I think Bill O'Brien might have been the first option, although I don't think the Jets even uh, uh, interviewed him. I think maybe only the Patriots interviewed him. and Maybe Bill O'Brien only wanted to go to the Patriots, but he's back in New England. I think Frank Reich was honestly the Jets' second option. Um, He's another guy who didn't really get it done as a head coach, but was a very competent, very good offensive coordinator. And he's going to get a second head coaching job in Carolina, despite the fact that their interim head coach there did such a great job down the stretch the second half of the season after trading away Baker Mayfield or cutting him, after trading away Christian McCaffrey, they still turned their season around and looked really good, but still they're going to hire Frank Reich to come in. I don't know if he's going to be working with Sam Darnold, if they draft a quarterback, whatever the situation is in Carolina, he got a head coaching job. And it's kind of, I don't think it's a coincidence that right after we hear that the Jets are planning on hiring Hackett, we hear that Reich lands the job in Carolina, maybe the Jets were already informed, hey, I'm going to Carolina from Frank Reich. And maybe that is why the Jets decided to go out and hire Nathaniel Hackett to be their offensive coordinator. Just because you're a bad head coach doesn't mean you're going to be a bad offensive coordinator. And we've also seen head coaches who were bad head coaches in their first stop and they figure out later on. And you know what the common theme with every coach is in the NFL? Because we were talking about this on the program today on the midday show, Bob Haney and Vinny Serrato on 105.7 The Fan, which I produced today and was a big part of, and we'll get to that in a second. We talked about how Zach Taylor looked like he couldn't coach at all, and now he's in the second straight AFC championship game and made it to the Super Bowl last year. Well, guess what? That happened to just so happened to coincide with his quarterback developing into the best quarterback, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL in Joe Burrow. So yeah, it's really easy to look really good as a head coach once you are have that quarterback, once you have that great quarterback. So, so long as you don't have that guy, it's hard to judge someone. So I don't think Nathaniel Hackett will be either great or terrible based on him alone. He's going to need that quarterback. And I don't think he had the right guy with Russell Wilson in Denver. I don't think it's right to judge Nathaniel Hackett with what he had in Denver I think the Jets still have work to do this offseason, and whoever they bring, they need to give Hackett, they need to give Salah a real chance at actually being good coaches by giving them the right quarterback, because when you have the right quarterback, and by the way, all the places that Josh McDaniels failed, and then ultimately where he succeeded was when he had the quarterback, and that guy was Tom Brady. So the point is, 
the Jets as an organization, if they want to commit to Nathaniel Hackett and prove that they are serious and actually want him to succeed, it's time to bring in the right quarterback. Speaking of Tom Brady, I don't think Tom Brady is the guy. I still think Tom Brady will end up in Miami, if you ask me. Maybe he ends up back with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. And is there a chance that maybe he ends up in San Francisco? I don't think so. Not the way this season has gone for the 49ers and their three different quarterbacks and how Brock Purdy has looked, even how Jimmy G has looked. We'll get to 49ers. We'll be talking about them plenty, especially if they win on Sunday. We'll be previewing the Super Bowl with them. So there's a lot to talk about still with the 49ers. But for now, the Jets made a hire, and I think it's a good one. Now, I mentioned that I worked the midday show on 105.7 The Fan today. And I want to just shout out and thank you to Bob Haney and uh, Vinny Serrato because I had so much fun today on the fan. I think today was my most fun day. I did the sports flashes and I'll probably post them on my social media. Maybe I'll post them on LinkedIn also. And I got to talk a bunch on the show and hang out with them. It was actually a really fun show, really loose, kind of sports centric, but we just kind of hung out and kind of just guys talking sports. Um, And I know Vinny, he's not listening to this, so I can say this. He is the number one worst, the number one worst general manager of all time in the NFL. That doesn't make him a bad dude. And I don't know. I never really had a ton of great experience with him. I've talked to him a little bit over the years, but we hung out today for four hours on the air and he was pretty chilling. And uh, we actually talked a little bit in the commercial breaks and he was a nice guy and I had so much fun with them. And so uh, thanks for the opportunity. Now I I saw something interesting on, I think it's JJ Reddick's podcast that he has, and I don't know the name, so I don't, I, I can't credit it, but, um, so forgive me for that, but Big Cat, Dan Katz from Barstool Sports was on his podcast, and he was asked, and it's funny, because Dan Katz is a guy who has a lot of guests on his podcast, and it's funny, I like to see them on a different platform when they're being interviewed, and he talked about his platform, and he talked about what he's built, and what he's created, and they got one of their big white whales, one of the guys that they've been trying to get for a long time on the podcast this week, and Stephen A. Smith, and I haven't had time to listen to the episode yet, I started it, haven't gotten up to the Stephen A. Smith part yet, Um, but he said you have to be consistent. You have to put out the episodes like someone's listening, like someone's cares for, like someone needs it and be consistent with it and constantly work and constantly growing. And I think in my career, I see that every day. And look, once football season ends, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about my career and talk about where I'm headed and talk about these things. And the reason I talk about it, because one of the things I vowed was when I started this podcast, I'm going to leave the blueprint behind, not only for the next person, but for me. I want to hear where I came from. I want to hear where I'm going. It's so important in life, whatever your career goal is, whatever industry you're in, to think about where you are now, where you came from and where you're going. Obviously, Jimmy V said that at the SB so many years ago, but it's so true. And so to have this and to be able to document it on a podcast in this form, I appreciate that. And that's why I want to talk about my career so much on the episode, on the podcast in general, because I want something like this, where I see a video like that and I see the consistency and that's the key. That's what Big Cat said, do it every day, improve every day. Today is actually the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death uh, back in 2020. It's a three-year anniversary. And Kobe Bryant said that at the end of every day, look at yourself and said, am I one day better than I was yesterday? And if you think that you are better than you were the day before, uh, then it was a successful day. And not every day is going to be a successful day. That's fine. Um, But keep working, keep pushing for whatever it is that you're doing. And I have another story that I want to share. I'm not going to share it on this episode. I might do a standalone episode uh, for it. And of course, I always talk about my career and where it's headed, but um, there might be some changes in my career on the horizon and all positive things. And I just kind of look back and every time I have a day like today, every time I have a day where I did the sports updates and I hear myself on the air and I'm having fun and it's 
high energy show like it was today but also a ton of work and it's hard show it's a it's a hectic day i said i texted my wife today i said today has been my most hectic day ever at this radio station and also my most fun day ever at this radio station and whenever you have a day like that and it was similar to the last day of the raven season it felt that same way the playoff day um it's kind of like it's it's rewarding. It's so gratifying. And I want to document it. I want to write it down and note it and say, OK, this happened on this day and it was special. Um, and that's how it feels today for me. And so I want to talk about it on the podcast. I don't want to just gloss over it. I don't want to just let the day go by without pointing out that some of those days you have to appreciate those days when they happen. Some of those days are so great and on the harder days, on the days that are more difficult, on the days that aren't as great, you have to remember the days like today. And so that's why I wanted to mention it. Um, I can't even describe what was so great and different about today. I just know that I got to the studio at about 8 a.m. Um, I had to record some spots that I was doing, my commercial spots for the air. Um, but I also had to prep the show. But the host of the show got stuck in traffic, so they didn't come till about 10 minutes before the show. So we were scrambling. Instead of they usually come at least 45 minutes before, so we were scrambling five minutes before the show. I still had to get my spots. And so everything happened as the show was happening. I was still... Uh, working on everything that I had to do to prep the show as a producer and also kind of interacting on the air and with the show at the same time. So it was kind of a million things happening out, happening at once. And yet with all that, still felt like so much fun, the adrenaline rush. I, I can't describe it, live, live content, a live radio show where things are happening in real time and you can't stop the clock, you can't stop the live air. Um, so it's so much fun uh, to do that. And this is why I got into the industry. And it's a shame that I'm not full time here in Baltimore. It's a shame that I don't do have days like this every day. And some days are better than others. But that doesn't mean that I can't be doing my podcast. I can't be making videos and doing the stuff that I love and still improving and advancing every day, uh, even without the radio station. Um, and it's it's been a wild ride. And I hope it continues. Some of the things we talked about on the podcast, just because why not? double down. I already prepped these topics, so I might as well talk about them on the podcast. We talked about them on the show on the air today. Some hot topics in the NBA. We talked about Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma dropped 33 points, and 20 of them came in the fourth quarter in a victory in Houston. Now, I've been, I know Houston's not a great team, but it was the second of a back-to-back for the Washington Wizards. It's still a big win on the road. They go from Dallas to Houston. They win both games, and Kyle Kuzma has been awesome in both of those games. He went off the other night at Madison Square Garden as well in a game against the Knicks. Kyle Kuzma is developing into one of the best stories in the NBA, a guy who took him a few years to get going, a few years to develop, and he gets traded away from the Lakers almost as a throwaway in that Russell Westbrook trade. And he has looked like one of the best players in the league this year, one of the most underappreciated players in the league this year. And he has the capability to go off every night. He's got length. He can shoot. He can get to the rim. He can create for others. He can create his own shot. He's great off the dribble. This guy is a special guy that we've seen in the league and the thought was maybe a couple weeks ago that this guy was a guy who's going to be traded and one of the top trade pieces on the market for the Wizards because of the talent and the value that he has. But now at this point, and I was talking to Bob and Vinny about this on the air, I don't think you could trade him. This looks like a guy that you're going to want to build around. He's still so young and he still has so much talent and he's still on a relatively good contract. They trade Rui Hachimura and basically are saying we want to open up more space for Kyle Kuzma to do his thing and to have the ball in his hands. And I think that's such a just a compliment of a guy who kept going at it and kept getting better 
And at this point where he is right now in the NBA, it's fun to watch. And it's fun to watch when it clicks for some of these young guys. Again, you remember, these guys come into the league so young. And when it clicks for someone like Kyle Kuzma, it's cool to see that. Steph Curry goes off against Memphis again in what's become one of the most fun rivals in the NBA, although it's been an extremely lopsided rival in the NBA. Memphis Grizzlies, they talk a big game, they think they're right there, but then at the end of the day, they keep losing these games, they keep losing to the Warriors, so all the fights and all the chatter that happens, it doesn't matter in the end because the Warriors who come out on top at the end. But the games are still super entertaining and fun. But the story from last night was not that. It was with a minute and 17 seconds left in the game. After the Warriors secured an offensive rebound up two points, Jordan Poole decided, I'm going to shoot a 30-footer with 12 seconds left on the shot clock. Steph Curry was waving his hands, telling him he wanted a reset. And Steph Curry in anger after Poole misses the three. And by the way, Ryan Rucco does this all the time. He has an ability of making everything sound better than he is. He almost oversells things in the NBA. Like there was a tip-in that was kind of like a mundane tip-in. And he goes, soaring in for the tip-in. And on this particular shot by Jordan Poole, he goes, in and out. It was never in and out. It hit off the back of the rim. It kind of just bounced at one of those high, you know, long rebound kind of bounce off the back of the rim shots that were too strong. But I still love Ryan Rucco. I love what he does for the NBA. I, I think he's great. Um, but Steph Curry, in anger, after the missed shot, running down the other end of the court, took his mouthpiece out, which he doesn't use anyway because he's chewing on it the whole game, and throws it away. Uh, and he got teed up and thrown out of the game for throwing his mouthpiece. And this is the third time he's been thrown out in his career. And all three times, it was with throwing his mouthpiece. Now, the other two times, he threw it at the ref. In this game, he just threw it kind of to the side because he was angry, and it wasn't aimed at the ref, but he gets the tech and thrown out anyway because that's the rule, and this is where the NHL is so much better than any other sport where the referees are allowed to use their own judgment, and not just if something's by the book, if there's something that says he has to get thrown out because he threw his mouthpiece, if something says that you don't have to always do that on a nationally televised game with a minute 17 left in a two-point game, one score game in the NBA, you don't throw out the face of the game because he was upset at his teammate and didn't even take it out on his teammate. He took it out just on himself. He just was angry and was upset, but he didn't take it out on the teammate. Either way, the Warriors come back after an incredible play by John Morant where he's hanging in the air for about 15 seconds and dumps it off after two guys came over to help. Uh, he dumps it off to the big man who lays it up and in. John Morant ties the game and then with one second left on an inbound play under their own basket. I don't know how they allowed this to happen, how Memphis's defense allowed this to happen, but Jordan Poole cuts to the rim and he gets a perfect pass and lays it up and in for the game winner. So all's well that ends well for the Warriors. For my bet, not so much because I was one three-pointer short of hitting my bet. I either needed it from Klay Thompson or Steph Curry. And this was after Steph Curry on his last three of the game. It was called a two because his foot, his toe was on the line. Should have been a three-pointer anyway. Uh, so I should have gotten that anyway. But like I said, for the Warriors, all's well that ends well. And that's all they care about. Tonight in the NBA, and I'm recording this a little bit early because I have a flight to Detroit for the weekend, but tonight in the NBA, we have the Knicks and the Celtics. Should be fun. That rivalry is always fun. I'm looking forward to it. Julius Randle, again, just his appreciation for Madison Square Garden. He, he put it out on social media. I love the garden, and he gets, like I said, I'm 
I'm I'm ride or die with that guy now. As long as he's playing like this, uh, I saw another clip of uh, Kobe singing his praises, and like I said, it's uh, Kobe Day today. And so Kobe talking about Julius Randle and the the energy that he has, and how he doesn't stand down to anyone. And it's fun when they play the Celtics. Celtics are one of the best teams in the league, so it's going to be tough. I'm I don't know if the Knicks have a chance tonight, but I'm still going to enjoy that game. That's on TNT tonight. Last night, so two nights ago, when you're listening to this on Wednesday night in the NBA. The 76ers hosted Ben Simmons again, and it's the first time that Joel Embiid played against Ben Simmons since that trade, and the Sixers came out on top. They win against the Nets and are now 19-4 and in their last 23 games, and they're the number two seed in the East, and this is what I asked on the show today. Do we think they could possibly come out of the East? And with the way they've been playing, with how they look on defense, the role players, Maxi, what James Harden has transformed himself into, and seemingly what Joel Embiid has become when he gets into that bully ball mode like he did last night, when he gets angry, it feels like this team can hang with anyone. And over the last 23 games, they've looked like one of the best teams in the league. I still think the best team in the East out of everyone, in my opinion, is the Bucks because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think the best duo in the Eastern Conference is in Boston with Tatum and Brown. But I think at times they look a little discombobulated. I think the most consistent team that come playoff time, the team that I don't want to face, obviously, uh, is the Bucks, And then, of course, there's the Nets. The Nets and Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant comes back healthy, which I think they said he might be back by the All-Star game, if he comes back healthy, they're obviously such a wild card. They're such a good team. Kyrie Irving has been on his best behavior. And after a month of being on good behavior, we're here, we hear the rumor that Kyrie Irving is seeking an extension from the Celtics. So all it took it, he was on his best behavior for a month and now already wants an extension. Typical Kyrie Irving. Uh, but we'll see if the Nets decide to grant his wishes. I'd be shocked if they do. Last thing in the NBA have you seen Nikola Jokic's numbers? And I saw a play from him the other night, which was just mind-boggling, where he kind of baits the guy. He points at someone who was in the paint. I forget who was in the paint. I think it was uh, Joseph Nurkic. And he points at him, kind of saying, hey, it's a three-second. He's pointed at the ref, like, calling, like, I want, call the three-second on the guy. So Nurkic quickly skedaddles from the paint, and then immediately Jokic drives right to the paint and lays it up. Like, that was his plan. He knew what he was doing all along. He's averaging 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 9.9 assists. Is anyone still impressed by guys averaging a triple-double? Maybe not, but when you watch Jokic on a nightly basis, you know that it's not empty stats. These stats are incredible, what he is able to do. He is the pure, the clear MVP of the league, in my opinion. And that is a little NBA whip around NBA news and notes for you on a Thursday night, on a Friday morning of championship weekend in the NFL. And like I said, it's championship weekend. So let's get to the football. I'm going to go through the teams. I'm going to tell you how they got here, what their potential path could be to a Super Bowl and beyond a Super Bowl championship. And then we'll pick the games. Let's do it. It starts with the Chiefs and Kansas City. How they got here? Well, we know this is one of the best teams in the league, and it seems like they do it just every year. And this year, in the regular season, it was almost more nonchalant. It was almost under the radar how good they were in the NFL season in the regular season. They get almost gifted the one seed because of what happened between Buffalo and Cincinnati. But Patrick Mahomes has another MVP-like season. I know there's some fatigue with Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP, but it doesn't matter. They didn't blow teams out necessarily this year. They obviously don't have Tyreek Hill. They become more reliant on Isaiah Pacheco in the run game. It seems like they figured something out there, although they didn't unlock him in time for him to be effective for my fantasy team this year. 
And every year, it seems like they're just toying until they get to the playoffs. They get to the playoffs and, I guess, tragedy, not tragedy, tragedy is the wrong word in this situation, but I guess concern strikes as Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, um, a high ankle sprain. But if you saw him in practice this week, if you saw him at the podium this week, the videos have come out. And this is crazy because the line was Bengals minus two and a half. I got the first I got the Bengals at plus money. Then all of a sudden it was Bengals minus two and a half. And you could get the Chiefs at plus 104 to win the game. Then it was even. Now the Chiefs are favored again. All because of these videos that are coming out in practice of Patrick Mahomes walking around with no tape, no brace, nothing. He looks great. Now this can all be just to kind of maybe trick the Cincinnati Bengals a little bit. Maybe he's actually a little bit more banged up. But if he actually has a high ankle sprain, there's no way he's this healthy. And yet, if there's anyone who can do it, there's somebody who's magic out there who can actually magically heal. Wouldn't it be Patrick Mahomes who literally is magic? So Patrick Mahomes is going to be the key. That's the path for them. It's Patrick Mahomes. It starts and ends with Patrick Mahomes. Their defense needs to be a little bit better. You don't want to be in the same position that you were in last year where you have 13 seconds and you're down and you have to go tie the game. But also, it starts and ends with Patrick Mahomes. That's the whole thing. The guy is magic. The guy is the greatest quarterback we've seen come into a league and light the league on fire. And I don't mean that as hyperbole. This is not recency bias. This guy is so special, is so talented. It's his fifth consecutive championship game. He's already made the Super Bowl a couple of times. He won one Super Bowl. And I think it's time for him to make it back to the Super Bowl. And I think he knows that. And it relies on his shoulder and his legs. And if he's healthy, that is their path. If he's not healthy, it's going to be difficult for the Chiefs. Let's move over to the other side in San Francisco. The 49ers... How they got here was an interesting story. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan, they come into this season that they almost didn't sign Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup, but decided to sign him at the last moment. They go with Trey Lance to start the season as they traded up in the draft to draft Trey Lance a couple years ago, and they decide he is the starting quarterback for this team. And he started off a little shaky, and then he gets hurt, and then they go to Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo does what Jimmy Garoppolo does. All he does is win, 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 no matter what until he gets hurt and that is what Jimmy Garoppolo does every time they trade for Christian McCaffrey they have this loaded team obviously the tight end the wide receivers and Debo and Ayuk Kittle everything they have this defense is insane this defense is one of the best defenses in the league maybe not an all-time defense but definitely I think the best defense in the NFL this season Kyle Shanahan designing incredible plays at quarterback or at the on the offense for the quarterback but the question mark is who is going to be the quarterback and it's Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round pick, rookie, and they have had three different quarterbacks this year, and no matter what, with the three quarterbacks, they seem to be right there in every one of these games, and at the end of the day, they don't need to rely on their quarterback too much. They don't put too much on the quarterback, and Brock Purdy has been good enough to lead them to the promised land, but can he win them one more game to get to the Super Bowl is the question. We've said this time and time again about the San Francisco 49ers. Can they get over the hump? I compared it to the Tampa Bay Rays on today's show because the Tampa Bay Rays, we've talked about this on this podcast as well. The Tampa Bay Rays are so great at developing the young pitching and the young talent and they put it all together, but they don't have that one bopper that just costs $40 million a year in their lineup. They're not willing to pay for one or two guys that can put them over the top. So they'll be right there every year. They'll make it to the playoffs every year. Maybe they'll even make it to the World Series, but they don't get over the hump. The same thing with the Niners. They were a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo. But what does it take? It takes a real quarterback to make those plays. Can Brock Purdy be that guy, a seventh round pick who... From everything we've seen, he's undefeated in his career in the NFL, so maybe he is that guy. I don't know, but can he be that guy? That's going to be the difference for them. 
or maybe this is finally the season that they don't need that guy, that they can ride this defense. They can ride the running back. They can ride the wide receivers, the wide running backs, whatever you call it, the combo guys and Debo Samuel. If they can do that, that would be just such an impressive thing for Kyle Shanahan that he proves that he's the guy with all these incredible quarterbacks that we have in the league right now. Look at the four quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Brock Purdy. I mean, if somehow Kyle Shanahan figures out a way to beat those other three quarterbacks and win a Super Bowl, it might be the most impressive head coaching job from anyone. And it might already be the most impressive head coaching job. Just the fact that he got them here with three quarterbacks, what kind of team has three different quarterbacks and still leads them to a championship game appearance. It's truly impressive. And it's just a testament to how great the rest of this roster is on the other side in the NFC. Philly was dominant all season long until injuries struck for them, but they were the best team in the NFC by far. And I think they played their absolute best game against the Giants. I don't think the Giants were as bad as they looked against Philly on Saturday. I really don't. I think the Giants actually had a nice season. And now that we're a couple days removed, I can't hate on the Giants anymore. I got to tell you, credit to them. Hats off to them. I think they're building something nice for the future. I really do. I think Daniel Jones took a major step in his development. I think whether they re-sign Saquon Barkley or not, I think they'll figure it out next year. I think Dable's one of the best head coaches in the NFL, and they're so lucky to have him. Joe Shane seems to be like a really good personnel guy. He found Isaiah Hodgins out of nowhere. He's pulled guys out of his butt all over the place. But Philadelphia was in another league, and Philadelphia has been in another league all season long. Their corners are really talented. Their defensive front, the sacks, the way they get to the quarterback, if they get pressure on Brock Purdy and force him to make mistakes the way we saw last week against Dallas, I think they will actually take advantage of the mistakes like Dallas couldn't. Dallas could not take advantage of the mistakes that Brock Purdy made in that game. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles will take advantage of those opportunities. And on the other side, they run the ball. It doesn't matter because of their offensive line, how good it is. It doesn't matter who's running the ball. It could be Boston Scott. It could be Jalen Hurts. It could be Miles Sanders. It could be Kenneth Gainwell. Doesn't matter. All three of those guys, all four of those guys, I should say, with this offensive line can run the ball effectively. And Jalen Hurts, you had one more week. You played as good as you've played all season against the Giants, and you weren't even asked to do too much. So now it's like you had another week. Not only did you have a couple of weeks to recover from the injury, but you had a week where you went out there and you actually balled out and you actually felt like yourself. I think he'll look even better this week than he looked last week. And I think that's what the path is for them is going to be what the path was all year. You have the best offensive line, the best defensive line in the league. Oh, and you have an MVP caliber quarterback who's had or had an MVP season. I really think Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the league this year. And not only does he prove it by the way he's played, but what he was, what this team was without him and how much they missed him, I think goes a long way to show you that Jalen Hurts was a real MVP in the NFL this year. He won't win it because he missed two games, which is stupid and a shame. And I still think Patrick Mahomes is deserving, so I don't have a problem with it so much. Obviously, Joe Burrow missed a game as well, so it's going to go to Mahomes. But that doesn't take away from the incredible season and what they've done. And for the fact that Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and this team is going to be back in the Super Bowl potentially is really impressive. And they're hosting the championship game on Sunday at 3 p.m. And then 6.30 p.m., Cincinnati is going to go into Arrowhead. They're calling it Burrowhead. They have all the confidence in the world. They're swaggy. They're confident. But think about where they were. They were 2-3. and three. We were talking about a Super Bowl hangover earlier in the year. We were talking about them not being so great. We were talking about issues with them and with their team. And then all of a sudden, they turn it on. They've won, I think, now 10 straight, including the last two playoff games. Joe Burrow looks unbothered. He looks like he's as good as he's ever been. 
And it looks like they figured a couple of things out. So what's the path for them? They have to continue to protect Burrow. He can't have four sacks. He can't get sacked four times like he did against Baltimore. But he had no sacks last week against the Bills, or less sacks, I should say. So he's able to step up in the pocket. He's able to find his wide receiver, Jamar Chase, his best receiver, and T. Higgins, who's a 1A over the middle. Working those two guys in the middle of the field is going to be key again behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. Don't even bother with the outside of the field. And they ran the ball. The way they ran the ball not only last week in the snow when it's tough to get your footing as a defensive line but the way they ran the ball last time they played the Chiefs I told you I watched the all 22 they ran the ball so effectively in that game and it set up everything else that they do they were able to run the ball right down the Chiefs throat that is going to be the key for them to go back to another Super Bowl right now if I had to guess who the favorite was in the NFL if everyone's looking around who's the favorite to win the Super Bowl I'd say it is the Cincinnati Bengals. They are America's favorite team right now. Joe Burrow so easy to root for. And also with just this team is so easy to root for right now. And they look like they're on a, like just one of those teams that after they lose, remember the Spurs after they lost to the Heat, they came back the next year, a team on a mission. That's what it feels like with this Cincinnati Bengal team. They feel like that team on a mission. Uh, and it feels like it's going to be tough to get in the way of that freight train. But we have a sponsor. And we're going to pick the games. And we're going to tell you how I feel about these games. Does that mean that I'm going to pick Philly and Cincinnati? Find out next after a word from our sponsor right now. Thank you, as always, to our great sponsor, Co36, for sponsoring the picks segment. And let's get right into it. There are two games in the NFL. That's it. Two games in the NFL this weekend and only three remaining games in the NFL. I'm going to have to start gambling on something else. Just kidding. I gamble a ton on basketball so don't worry about me i'll gamble on anything tennis too at 3 p.m in philadelphia it's the 49ers against the eagles the eagles are favored by minus two and a half the over under is 46 and a half i'm telling you i love the 49ers i really really do and i think they're a special team they're a team of destiny and i want to see a rematch of cincinnati and 49ers in the super bowl and i want cincinnati to finally get their revenge and win and if this league was scripted which it might be that would be what happens but I think this Philly team, I don't think any team can stop them. The line is two and a half. I think Philly will win and cover. I don't think Brock Purdy is good enough. I think he'll develop, and I think he should be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next season. No doubt. But I think the way this offensive line and defensive line play for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think they're going to get a ton of pressure on Purdy and make it really difficult for him. And Shanahan's going to have a tough time alleviating the pressure, even with the different kind of trick plays he's going to be running with Debo and the plays he's going to be running with Christian McCaffrey. We know he's going to try and do everything he can to get the pressure off of Brock Purdy. But I think in a hostile environment in Philadelphia, a team that's as hot as any team can be after beating the Giants the way they did, I think Philadelphia unbelievably is going back to the Super Bowl. I'm going to take them to win and cover the minus two and a half. Cincinnati is at Kansas City. Kansas City, the key for them is they need to get pressure up front. They need Chris Jones to record his first career NFL playoff sack. He doesn't have one in his career as good of a player as he is. He needs to get on that and get a sack in this game and pressure Joe Burrow because if Joe Burrow has the time that he had last week and he's able to pick apart a zone defense the way he was able to last week, it's going to be way too easy. You can't blitz him either because that means there's less guys in the secondary. He'll find the matchup he likes and he'll make plays all day all over the field. So what you have to do as Kansas City is figure out a way to get pressure with three and four and Chris Jones is going to be the key for that. And I think this is a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. Look, if he loses this game, even if he's hurt, if he loses this game, people are not going to give him the excuse of saying, eh, 
high ankle sprain. A lot of guys miss three to four weeks with this kind of injury. The fact that he played alone is incredible. I think this is a legacy game for him, and he needs to win this game, and I think he knows it, and I think I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes when he feels like he has to win a game when he feels like an underdog they asked him about being an underdog at home and he said I never feel like an underdog especially at Arrowhead it's so much fun to look at the new shiny toy who's cocky and confident in Joe Burrow and I love Joe Burrow this is nothing against Joe Burrow I think Joe Burrow is going to be around and be here as a winner in this league for a long long time and I think he is a just the greatest winner we've seen since Tom Brady I know Tom Brady's still in the league but he's the next Tom Brady in my opinion but I think Patrick Mahomes, he's not Peyton Manning. He's not a guy who's always going to be losing to Tom Brady. Yeah, it's happened three times. He's 0-3 against the Bengals, against Joe Burrow. I think that stops here. Now, I would have loved to have taken Kansas City when they were plus money. They're now minus one at home. Cincinnati is plus money now on the money line. They're plus 102. So if you want to take Cincinnati, I think that's the play. Maybe that's the value play is to take Cincinnati. But my pick in this game is... Is Kansas City minus one. I think this is a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes at home. With really a, a statement win on the line, I don't see him losing this game. I just can't see it. I think he's going to find a way with the sprained ankle. He's going to look hobbled out there. He's not going to look great. I think Cincinnati actually will find a way to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And it's not like Josh Allen didn't have open receivers last week. He just missed them. He didn't play very well. I think Cincinnati or Kansas City is going to have to rely on the on Pacheco and the run game a little more, something Buffalo wasn't able to do last week. But I think there is a way for Kansas City. They're going to figure out a way to win this game with Patrick Mahomes. I think it's an important game, and I don't think he's going to lose this game. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and that would set up a Chiefs against Eagles Super Bowl. Andy Reid against his former team in the Super Bowl. I think that's a great storyline. All storylines here would would be a great storyline. There's no bad options. These are the four best teams in the NFL, but I think it's time for Patrick Mahomes to get back to Super Bowl, and I, I, I'm so excited for that game. I, there's no wrong answer. I, there's no losers in that game. As long as the AFC wins the Super Bowl, I'm happy. But there's no wrong answers. The Chiefs and the Bengals both in that game. I'm so excited for that game. Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes. The two best young quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion, going forward for the next 10 to 15 years. This is going to be really fun, and I can't wait. All right. Next episode will be on Monday after the games, recapping the games, a early, early preview of the Super Bowl. And then we're going to have to see what happens next. Uh, with the podcast because with football season coming to an end there's no real schedule of Sunday night into Monday morning and Tuesday night into Wednesday morning and Thursday night into Friday morning and I had so much fun doing that and trying to stay as consistent as I possibly could with everything going on in my life I tried to keep it up and I hope you enjoyed it this football season I've produced dozens of episodes and I could go back and look to see what uh, at number episode the football season started we're now up to episode 131 so for the guys and you people and whoever you are listening who rode along with me throughout this NFL season, I appreciate you so much. I cannot describe it. I uh, I can't put it into words. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening and supporting me. It really means the world to me. It means a ton. Um, if you support my sponsors, BetterHelp, Co36, tell them I sent you. I'd appreciate that greatly. If you could share this episode, if you could share the podcast, I really, it means so much to me. I, I, I say it, but it, it truly does. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, see ya. You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines. 
I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Walks burning, we pray for rain in July. I want the Yankees 99, yeah. and the Knicks on a soaked out night. When the curtains close and the Broadway streets are alive, hey. I need your heartbeat close, don't you ever leave me. And I breathe your air when I land in another city. And I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones. My time's being just a kid with that empire state of mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck, dipping from the New York City's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit, walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving, east side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm still here.